Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, July 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Argentina's president is pleading with the country's creditors to accept his final debt restructuring offer. And our deputy Beijing bureau chief, Yuan Yang, will break down the dilemma facing TikTok as it finds itself caught between the U.S. and China. But first, EU leaders spent the weekend debating intensely over a proposed 750 billion euro response to the coronavirus pandemic. The FT's Brussels bureau chief, Sam Fleming, has more on where the talks stand. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Well, it's turned into a real marathon uh, summit. The leaders really, uh, as things stand, quite divided. Uh, The original idea was to have, as you say, a 750 billion recovery fund. That was the proposal from the European Commission. But member states have, during the course of this summit, got really bogged down in terms of the exact amount of grants that the Commission would be able to hand out as well as some also equally vexatious and difficult topics, uh, including the governance of the fund that would hand out the money, and also the extent to which handouts of money could be linked to requirements on rule of law, adherence to rule of law standards in the European Union. But beneath that, there are all sorts of other divisions in terms of what this package might look like. So it's an incredibly complex picture, and it's proving very difficult indeed to get a deal over. So, Sam, we've got this grants versus loans issue, which we've talked about on the show before. Basically, the so-called frugal member states, Austria, Sweden, Denmark, and the Netherlands, want these funds distributed as loans. So the money would be paid back, whereas the countries like Spain and Italy are pushing for just grants. Um, You mentioned that there are a few other issues that are being debated on right now. What are they? I mean, clearly there's this grants issue, which has really dominated headlines uh, recently in the lead up to the summit and and indeed since the summit has been underway. But there are a number of other issues which are dividing uh, dividing leaders as these talks go on. Among them is the governance of the the handouts of money. Uh, This this boils down to the idea that member states uh, would have to not only fulfill certain conditions when they apply for money under the recovery fund, uh, but there would also be the potential for a a particular member state if it was concerned about the adherence of those conditions by the member state to uh, trigger a political reconsideration of whether the money should be handed out. This is a highly contentious issue. It's particularly uh, being pushed by Mark Rutte, the Dutch prime minister, who wants to show that there's very tight conditions and a tight reign really over this spending to his domestic constituents and parliament. There's also a lot of uh, discussion about the criteria under which the money will be handed out. How do they determine how much money an individual country will get? This was an issue early in the summit uh, in particular. Other contentious topics, the rebates that frugal member states get on their contributions to the normal European Union budget are up for grabs and they're pushing for higher rebates. The EU is simultaneous with this recovery fund trying to negotiate its seven-year upcoming budget. This is one of the reasons why this is such a complex process that we're watching unfold right now. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there's this issue of the rule of law. And this is the idea that there could be a mechanism in the budget which uh, prevents payouts Uh, If member states violate rule of law principles uh, in the European Union, it required by European Union of its member states. This is particularly neuralgic in Hungary, as well to less extent in Poland. Uh, And Hungary's Viktor Orban is pushing back very hard on this. And certainly some uh, diplomats are concerned that really this is going to have to be watered down to almost nothingness in order to get a deal. 
end, Argentina's president is pleading with creditors to accept his final offer to restructure $65 billion of foreign debt. President Alberto Fernandez told the Financial Times he didn't want to swindle anyone, but he dismissed bondholders' demands for additional sweeteners to one of the biggest restructurings in the world of emerging markets. Creditors will have until August 4th to accept the deal. Even if the bulk of creditors reject the proposal, Mr. Fernandez insisted that there is not going to be another offer. It's worth 53 cents on the dollar, and President Fernandez said that anything more would put Argentina's ability to pay its debts at risk. The last offer from Argentina's largest creditor group was worth about 56 cents on the dollar. Argentina was already weighed down by $323 billion worth of borrowing before the pandemic hit and devastated the country's economy. In May, Argentina defaulted for the ninth time in its history. And here's a story you should know more about. TikTok the popular video-sharing app that's owned by China's ByteDance is in trouble. Its popularity has soared during the pandemic, but last week the FT reported that the White House was considering a ban on TikTok on the grounds of national security. And India, another huge market, has already banned TikTok. India's ban comes in retaliation for a border clash last month that led to the deaths of 20 Indian soldiers. So what does the future hold for TikTok and its millions of fans all over the world? Our producer, Fiona Simon, spoke with Yuan Yang, the FT's Beijing deputy bureau chief. She has more. TikTok, the app, has been made by a Chinese company called ByteDance, which is a relatively recent comer to the tech game in China and has managed to surprise everyone here by rising very quickly to becoming an artificial intelligence superstar in China. And it's managed to do this by creating these algorithms that recommend you content. In the case of TikTok, it's these short 15-second videos. And when you use the app and scroll through its infinite feed of content, the recommendations you get are so addictive and so compelling that the average user can spend around an hour on the app. So what exactly are the concerns about data privacy that have caused the US and others to threaten to ban the use of the app? So I'm hearing three main concerns from the US. The first is the idea that the data that you voluntarily give TikTok, for example, when you sign up and the video content that you create, that that could be sent back to China and weaponized in some way. The second data privacy concern is that the app is hoovering up lots of content on your phone that it shouldn't really have access to. A lot of the early warning signs that researchers were pointing to are things that many social media apps on your phone, including, say, Instagram or Facebook Messenger, are trying to access as well. And bearing in mind that these apps function on monetizing user data for advertising revenue, they're incentivized to collect as much user information that they possibly can to build up a profile of you to sell to advertisers. So the third national security concern is that the recommendation algorithm behind TikTok could also itself be weaponized. And so there's a concern as well that if the algorithm behind the recommendation tool is opaque, as companies' recommendation algorithms always are, then could Beijing ever start to weaponize this algorithm and start using it to change the political minds of botches by recommending them particular content? That's really interesting. And TikTok has decided to remove itself from Hong Kong in the wake of the new security law imposed by Beijing. Presumably, this is in order to try and convince people that it is actually independent of the Chinese government. 
I think this move to leave Hong Kong has been interpreted in various ways. On the one hand, it does get itself out of a political pinch by saying, well, now that there's a national security law in Hong Kong, that could mean that tech companies are forced to turn over information about their users. We might as well leave and we can save ourselves the headache. On the other hand, you can also see it as a way of pleasing Beijing. The Great Firewall of China, the censorship apparatus that controls the content that Chinese citizens see, is being expanded to also include Hong Kong. And TikTok has content from people across the world, including human rights activists, including all sorts of people that the Chinese government would not want its own people to watch online. The company recently hired Kevin Mayer, an American and former head of streaming at Disney. What will be his role at the company? Mr. Mayer's official title at ByteDance will be Chief Operating Officer, but it's a bit of a misnomer because he's not in charge of any of the Chinese operations, um, only the international operations, and in particular of TikTok. So the problem that Mr. Mayer now confronts is how to expand the app in the US and internationally while facing both criticism from the US and also a, a ban on Chinese apps from the Indian government. And India is actually the app's largest audience. What do you think are Mr. Meyer's chances of being able to ease the security concerns of Donald Trump and his Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo? I think short of selling TikTok and spinning it out as a separate company, potentially to a US buyer, there is very little that Kevin Mayer or anybody else at ByteDance can do to ease Trump's concerns. And the concern there, I think, in the Trump administration is that Beijing might weaponize any of the things it has access to. It may be that in a few years' time, Beijing might start weaponizing TikTok, for example. And that's really an, a concern that you can't disprove, because at root it's a fear about the Chinese Communist Party and what its capacities might be in the future. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.